On this episode of the InsureTech Geek Podcast, talking about protecting consumers and regulating a $22 billion industry with Scott Kipper, Insurance Commissioner of the Nevada Division of Insurance. The InsureTech Geek Podcast, powered by JB Knowledge, is all about technology that's transforming and disrupting the insurance world. We'll be interviewing guests and doing deep dives into specific tech we see changing the industry. We're taking you on a journey through insurance tech, so enjoy the ride and geek out. This episode is sponsored by Terra, your strategic ally in modernizing insurance claims operations. Explore our cloud-native risk management information system at terra.insure. That's T-E-R-R-A dot insure. How's it going, Scott? Glad to have you. Welcome on to the InsureTech Geek Podcast. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, and uh, along with Scott, I've got my illustrious co-host, the most interesting man in insurance, Rob Galbraith. Rob, how's it going down in San Antonio? It's going, it's going. I uh, I always forget how busy this time of year. We're recording this right before the holidays, and so just you know, shopping for gifts, obviously, and everything. But uh, there's also a lot of use of things like dental benefits and whatnot. So yeah, it's a busy time just trying to cram in everything uh, right here at your end time. Sure is. Yeah, same here. It's uh, presents for kids and uh, end of your Christmas parties and all that stuff. It's a lot to, to handle. But uh, we have uh, a very special guest, and I'm really excited that he's on because we've never had an insurance commissioner on the show before, and I'm super excited to talk about this. This is a regulated industry, and so it helps to have the regulators on and talk about about real issues. And of course, we're going to talk about the the impact of technology on regulation and keeping up with regulations, how regulations can keep up with technology. There's 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 like it's a complicated uh, interconnectedness between uh, with, between technologists and regulators. And so that's why we've got the insurance commissioner of the state of Nevada. I, I just want to make sure I state it correctly for, for the locals that are listening to this in Nevada that uh, I, I recognize. I might have said Nevada. It's Nevada. Well, so. yeah, it, James, you, you're not going to be the first, uh, certainly, and you probably <laughs> won't be the last. Um, so certainly uh, totally acceptable. Awesome. Man. I'm glad to have Scott on here. Now, you're in, you're in Carson City, Nevada, correct? That is correct. So uh, you know, he's got a fantastic view out his window. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful part of the country. I've had the privilege of going up there a couple times and really enjoyed uh, my visit and see why you have so many people moving over there. It's uh, it's really quite a special place and you know quite different. I mean, all, you know, Nevada in general is really interesting. Just a dynamic landscape, a lot of you know mountains and deserts and salt flats, and it's, it's just a really interesting place. And from Vegas all the way up to Reno, it's uh, it, it's it's a really uh, wild and interesting state, isn't it? Oh, it, it to me it's fascinating and it's it, it's uh, completely beautiful. I I'm a Westerner by heart. I, I grew up in uh, Wyoming and uh, I lived uh, in Washington, Oregon, Nevada, uh, and and uh, the the desert is absolutely beautiful uh, if you see it in the right light. Um, but in Nevada is a very uh, special uh, and unique place. You mentioned the the uh, metropolitan area of Las Vegas which is a spectacular modern American city, uh, and then drive up to uh, Reno through uh, seven and a half or eight hours of a desert, ghost towns, uh, a lot of old mining technology from the past. It's a it's a truly a beautiful, beautiful spot. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, you grew up in Wyoming. You went to University of Wyoming. You got a bachelor's in business. When you were growing up, what what did you want to do? Oh, man, I you know, if I had my brothers, 
I'd been a professional baseball player. I just yeah. thought that would have been the life. Um, yeah. Yeah. But then, uh, uh, you know, looked at the first curveball that was thrown at me, and I figured I better find a different <laughs> way to make a living. Well, you and me both. You know, I just – anything involving aim, I was really never any good at. So I I played soccer growing up and then baseball, and I, I played catcher in baseball, could not hit for a lick. And I, I played soccer and was great at defense. So I found out I'm just a defensive guy. If it involves – inflicting pain on others and defending against an, an, an offense. I, I can do that, but I just I didn't have the skill on the offense there. I always wanted to be a good pitcher. I, I, I worshipped Oral Hershiser back in the Dodgers Hershiser days and fancied myself as, as being like him one day. Just definitely never had the talent to get there. <laughs> well, it, funny side story. Uh, uh, Oral Hershiser is married to a, a young lady that uh, – is actually went to high school with my sister in Laramie. Oh my God. It's my world. Uh, so I was just reviewing my baseball card collection with my 13 year old daughter. I have an entire section of his baseball cards. <laughs> <laughs> so we may have to talk later. I, I may need to send some things over to get autographed. There you uh, go. Can, we, we could, we could certainly work something out there. We can see it. Right. So uh, you you uh, graduated from UW from University of Wyoming, and you you became a health analyst at the National Association of Insurance Commissioners. And you spent some time there. So did you when you were in college, you just hear about opportunities in insurance because you know business schools even now almost none of them have insurance programs. Some some select ones do, but it's very rare. At the time, you know ninety six, you know but before ninety six, they they really didn't. So what was it that that turned you on to, to insurance? Well, a couple things. Um, I uh, had some friends who were in the uh, in the retail side of things, and uh, they re uh, asked me one day if I would want to make a little extra, if I wanted a side hustle, a side gig, uh, being a part-time agent. So uh, I thought, you know, what the heck, why not? Knew a lot of people in town and uh, got my insurance license and uh, started out and uh, attempted to make, uh, you know, a little bit of money on the side as a uh, – part-time agent, uh, which morphed into trying to do it full-time and uh, finally figured out that I was not a very good uh, closer. And huh. uh, rather than starve to death, uh, one of my uh, uh, softball colleagues said, uh, you might look at this job at the, uh, the Department of Insurance in Cheyenne, which uh, I started there as a rate and form analyst uh, back uh, a, long, a long, long time ago. And uh, that that's kind of where it got it, it all got started. That's great. And then you you've ended up in an array of positions. Uh, you you worked uh, in, a, in a health insurance plan company. Then you were deputy commissioner in my home state of Louisiana. We're going to talk about that in just a second. And then you went on to Oregon. Uh, then your first stint uh, in Nevada, 28, 20, uh, 2008, 2010, You know, then back to Louisiana. Then back to Nevada. So you 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 you've had some you know an interesting array of of jobs moving through you know, both the private industry, uh, heading up regulatory and compliance, and then working for the you know working for the the division of of insurance. Um, I, I'd like to just talk about your Louisiana years for a second because it is where I was born and raised. And you did say in the pre-show that you really enjoyed living there. Uh, I'm from Baton Rouge. You lived in Baton Rouge, and you got there right after a massive insurance event. You you were there two weeks after Katrina hit. 
Um, what was it like to step into the the Louisiana, the Louisiana Office of Health Insurance? I mean, right after this enormous event, uh, it, it was uh, it was uh, as you might guess, a little overwhelming. I uh, was living in Austin at the time, and then and, and prior to the day that I started, it really never set foot in Baton Rouge. I'd been to New Orleans a couple times. Um, and uh, in, in seeing the enormity of the of the events and the number of people that uh, had crowded the highways and were living in Baton Rouge at the time was 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 uh, certainly an eye opener. Uh, the the uh, the time I spent there was it was absolutely uh, fantastic. Um, I, I had never met the commissioner before. Uh, in uh, later in the week after Katrina. Uh, the office called and said, uh, if you want, if you can, please come to uh, Atlanta. We're having a meeting there of all the insurance entities. So all of the carriers are coming to meet with the commissioner, uh, kind of, you know, formulate a plan. Uh, and I met him there. And uh, after making some small talk, he said, if you can find a place to live, you can have a job. Uh, and I ended up living uh, for three months at a place called Bennett's Water Ski School in uh, rural Zachary, Louisiana. Uh, <clears throat> I went to high school not too far from there. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it it was it was delightful. Uh, they called it a chateau. It was a, basically a one room cabin, and uh, it just fit the bill. But we worked our fannies off. We uh, you know it was seven a.m. to you know seven eight p.m. six days a week for uh, several months. I wasn't uh, the deputy commissioner for health insurance, and uh, so we spent a lot of time trying to, you know, stand up the uh, health payment system back to the providers in uh, in uh, New Orleans in the the, the affected parishes. So uh, we really had a lot of challenges, but uh, I, I came away just loving uh, everything about Southern Louisiana and Baton Rouge and New Orleans, and uh, uh, truly, uh, peace of my heart will always be in Louisiana. Yeah, you, man, mine too. You gotta love the people more than anything. Oh my gosh! It's just, yes, like they'll just take the shirt off their back and give it to you, and it's it's really the way it is. You know, you know I, I've had more invitations to have dinner at people who I just met at their house, and they were serious. You know, they want you to come over and they want to feed you, and uh, it's a it's a very it's a really neat place. I'm glad you got to experience some some years there in two different stints you had um, had there. So. Let's just kind of fast forward to today. You know, you you about the last eleven months, roughly, you've been insurance commissioner for the state of Nevada, um, at Nevada. Sorry, <laughs> and uh, you just came as you were deputy commissioner in Washington. So, what led to this latest stint, and um, what are you excited about in in leading the insurance uh, commission in Nevada? Well, I, it uh, before I went to uh, up to the state of Washington, I got to spend a little time with. Uh, then uh, uh, candidate Lombardo, uh, when he was running for governor, and uh, gave him about 45 minutes to an hour background on insurance issues in preparation for his uh, campaign. And he uh, he remembered uh, that when in, in time came to start filling some positions, uh, the position here was open, and uh, they, his team was kind enough to ask me to return. Uh, and it has been a, a joy uh, you know, being gone for uh, almost eight years, um, things have changed quite a bit. Uh, but on the other hand, some things never change at all. Uh, much of the staff had turned over. 
Um, many of the issues remain the same. But one of the things that's been a real challenge uh, I see for our office is keeping up with the uh, speed of uh, technology and the technological changes in our industry. And that's that's uh, one of the things we've been sprinting uh, to make sure that we don't get behind what is going on in the industry. Yeah, there's a lot there's a lot moving and you're you're ending up with you know brand new insurance products right that that are maybe somewhat complicated to understand like if you if you jump into like gig economy insurance and you're looking at insuring uber drivers and airbnb homeowners and you know that there's new ways of them fractionalizing assets they own and then sell and then selling the use of them and of course that use has to get insured and that can be a little complicated to understand if they're getting a fair deal uh, as as the regulator you know you're I, I, I'm going to guess your top priority is, protect, is protecting consumer rights and making sure that uh, the public's interest in dealings with the insurance industry are represented. I'm guessing that's kind of the top priority for you. Absolutely. That's the mission here. It's, two, it's it basically twofold. And, and that's uh, clearly the first tenet is making sure that those consumers, are, uh, Nevada's consumers are protected uh, to the extent that our uh, legislative and statutory framework provide for that. And then the second piece is uh, certainly company solvency. And that's where a lot of the technology, uh, you know, come is come into play. There's uh, uh, new investment vehicles that carriers can use. There's, uh, you know, new ways for us to review and observe and, and evaluate the, the, the holdings that, that companies have. And it's, uh, you know, all these tools and the technology around that to use and get to that level is what's really important for us in, in what is also becoming a bit of a challenge. Um, when we talk about the vehicles and in, in, in what's going on in the industry, I was uh, a little over a month ago was at the InsurTech uh, conference in Las Vegas and had some uh, downtime and I was able to walk through the exhibit hall. Uh, and it, it's it, uh, obviously, it, if you've been there, it's, it's enormous. And as I wandered uh, through the hall, looking at all the different uh, uh, entities that had booths and what was transpiring, I found it interesting that I came across a single traditional insurer that had a booth. Um, one that uh, if you get a piece of the rock, uh, you would have found them in the exhibit hall. Uh, and everything else was brand new. These brand new entities trying to figure out ways to use technology, maybe this might be a little broad, but use technology to further uh, the use of insurance or the sale of insurance uh, to all kinds of different entities. I found that completely fascinating that one, the number of exhibitors uh, and two, the lack of traditional carriers that were in, engaged with this. Yeah, it's really a, it's really a bold new world. And, and Rob and I were both there at the conference and, uh, got to see the same thing right and we've we've been there for a few years before that to see the evolution of insuretech connect and the just the sheer number of providers in the space the sheer number of insuretechs that you know are, are starting as mgas and evolving into carriers <clears throat> but they're doing it in a very different way and so we've definitely seen quite the evolution there um rob what you got yeah, Scott, no, I would love for you to maybe summarize a little bit of uh, your discussion and some of the other talking points from the panel uh, at uh, InsureTech Connect. I believe it was called Empowering the Future, State Insurance Commissioners Advancing Innovation and Collaboration. And, um, 
also maybe just your thoughts, you know, having served uh, within departments of insurance and, and several different states, you know, um, state-based uh, uh, regulation of insurance, what do you see as perhaps some of the pros as it comes to um, fostering innovation as opposed to potential, you know, other, other regimes? Well, you know, I'll tackle that second one first, if I can. And, you know, state-based regulation is, I think it's, it, it is the utmost in consumer protection. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's been uh, various inroads attempted over the last uh, couple of decades to regulate insurance uh, a little bit more at the federal level. Um, we believe we're closer to our consumers. We understand the consumer issues in Nevada uh, more so than a federal regulator might within the confines of the Beltway. So we think it's very important for us and able to work with our state legislature uh, uh, dealing with the issues that's handed to us by the McCarran-Ferguson Act to make sure we regulate this at a state level. Uh, You know, the issues here in Nevada uh, with uh, wildfires, uh, challenges here up north with the challenges of a lot of people driving in a very confined area in the Las Vegas, Clark County metropolitan area are unique to our state and uh, certainly different from those in South Dakota or Texas or North Carolina. And uh, we think those things are best regulated by the experts on the ground and especially those uh, where we are able to work closely with our state legislature in formulating, uh, uh, you know, solutions to our unique uh, state problems. So uh, I, I think, you know, it is, I, I couldn't be a bigger cheerleader for state-based regulation. I think it's it's where we are uh, as a as a nation, and I think it's where we're best served as as a nation. Um, now, as far as our panel at, at InsureTech uh, Connect, uh, we had uh, Doug Oman, who is a commissioner for uh, the state of Iowa, who I uh, think is is one of the brightest insurance regulatory minds in the in the world. Uh, Doug's served in a couple of states, been the commissioner for a long time there in Iowa, which is an insurance-centric state. They have a, a, a great big footprint. Um, and then we were joined by the one of the deputies from uh, the Bermuda, uh, Bermuda Bahamas, maybe the Bahamas, and then uh, a deputy commissioner Logue from uh, uh, Pennsylvania. And so we had a very uh, wide-ranging conversation about a number of issues. One of the takeaways that I had was, uh, you know, something that we touched on a little bit ago about uh, technology and the challenges um, that that are endemic to us uh, as regulators. Uh, one of the things I think I, I touched on is that, you know, we, we are confronted with 21st century challenges of uh, on a lot of fronts uh, as far as insurance is concerned. Much of our regulatory framework is based on 20th century thinking. So for us to really get our job done and and do our consumers what they deserve, we need to get some 21st century thinking uh, and 21st century technology uh, in align with with our mission and our our processes here. What what does that look like? So if you have a, you know, you have, you have the insurance commission there, You've got a, a staff at your disposal. You've got a budget from the state. You've got a you know some difficult choices every year where you allocate resources as an insurance commission. And certainly, 
you can engage in the rulemaking process and and drive a lot more data to be reported to you. You can you can beef up all your reporting requirements on first or second reports of injury. You can, I mean, there's a lot you can do as a regulator to centralize data in your state and to make good or good, you know good decisions with it. Um, if you could waive, let me just put it this way, and I know there's probably some things you can and can't discuss, but if you could wave a magic wand as the insurance commissioner and do something big in your office and in the state, um, and it can be with or without technology, what would that be? Like, what, what, what's, what's something big that you would change if you could just do it immediately and snap your fingers? Well, if, if, if you know, Ohio, you know, being in the holiday season, high on our, on our wish list is uh, the, a, 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 a data scientist. Um, we're getting better and better at collecting data. But, you know, if you have data and, and are unable to read it or utilize it or f- spindle it or fold it or manipulate it, all you got is a bunch of uh, numbers. We need to we need to have the, the, the staff in, and a team available to be able to look at that and say, here's here's what we've got. And here's uh, here's what these numbers are telling us. Um, and I'll give you a, a quick example of that. We. Uh, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, uh, live in the uh, uh, rain uh, uh, cloud of California. And with that comes the uh, threat of wildfires. Now in Nevada, uh, knock on wood, we've been very fortunate not to have a singular uh, uh, catastrophic event. But we live close enough to California that our insureds are being challenged because of the threat uh, and the propensity for a wildfire to spread through the uh, Tahoe Basin and either that or or over the hill into Carson and and Reno. But what is that? What can we do for our consumers? Uh, And and so we've been collecting data. We're trying to figure out how to work closely with our our, admitted insurers uh, to, to find a way to make sure that we can still have insurance that's affordable, that provides a good benefit, but also protects the uh, industry from uh, the threat of a catastrophic uh, challenging event like they do when uh, hurricanes hit Florida and uh, the, the property casualty marketplace there gets significantly impacted because you have too many risks in a small uh, pocket of population. All that kind of what I'm trying to say is, you know, it'd be nice to be able to have that information, that data, and then be able to interpret that to say, here's the challenges that uh, that we've got, and here's the best way to uh, address it. That makes sense. And, you know, that's, that's good to hear. You know, there's always, there's always a, a flip side and a challenge um, to data collection, because uh, collecting and normalizing massive amounts of data can be a big challenge. Um, there are no real, I, I hate making bold, you know, sweeping statements like this, but like there's no real data standards in insurance, right? Everybody has a different way they ask for data, different field formats, different field values, which makes it very challenging for carriers and TPAs and others to submit all the all the lost data that, that people like, you need to, to make decisions, even though there's obviously there are standard data formats, you know, by state of how you want 
certain things done, uh, there's no national standard that's actually adhered to. And that's that 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 can make those kind of data collection and aggregation projects challenging. But certainly I think it's where the if I were a regulator, it's where I'd spend my time is collecting more data, normalizing it, and then doing something with it, right? Because um, you, you can you can more proactively get involved, I think, and that that's that that's a it's good to hear you say that. Yeah, we started collecting data, for example, on these on this the wildfire issue here about a year ago before I uh, arrived, and uh, we have just uh, sending out our uh, follow up. So we've, we've created a baseline. But I want to know, you know, and take a look and see what this year's data will tell us. But I think there's probably some questions in uh, there's some data there that we're not collecting that uh, might be of value as well. So it that that that's the other thing a, a data scientist could assist us with to make sure that we're answering or getting answers to all the questions that that uh, we need to be asking. Yeah, Scott, it's kind of a, a follow-up to that. You know, I'm curious your perspective of, uh, you know, obviously you manage $22 billion insurance market. You have, you know, many, many admitted carriers in, in the state of Nevada. And, and so those are the folks that you interface with. Those are the folks that you're responsible for overseeing. But yet, you know, they do business with, say, catastrophe modeling firms, right, that are providing the wildfire model. And there may be several admitted insurers all using, right, the same model. Um, you know, in the healthcare space, right, they could be all using the similar um, electronic medical record provider. You, you name it. There's new technologies that are coming in, the use of artificial intelligence and things like that that can spin into products that are selling into the industry that they can use. So. I'm just curious, you know, how do you uh, learn about, how do you interface with some of these non-insurance entities that have an impact on the, the, the insurance market? And, you know, do you, do you have proactive conversations with, say, uh, technology startups? And then what, would that happen in your office in Nevada, or is that kind of under the auspices of, say, NAIC? Well, that's a, that is a great question. And, uh, I, I, there's there's multifaceted answers to that. Uh, we just spent a week at the National Association of Insurance Commissioners uh, uh, fall annual meeting in uh, Orlando and had the opportunity to sit down with uh, a number of reinsurers, for example, which we ordinarily wouldn't have that opportunity to do so and talk to them about some of these <clears throat> excuse me issues in 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 our in our area. Uh, we. Uh, uh, statewide here, we've we've uh, always had a series of advisory committees. And uh, for example, we we just uh, not two three weeks ago had a uh, property and casualty insurance advisory committee meeting, a life and health advisory committee committee meeting, and then we also do one with uh, producers and brokers. Um, and from those meetings, we glean a lot of information. Uh, and directly that, and one of the things that came directly out of that was, and uh, we asked the folks from ISO Verisk uh, to come up and talk to us about Fireline, which is a cat mapping uh, service that they provide. And uh, it, I, I, the staff and I, uh, I think, learned an awful lot about what goes into that, how those cat maps are developed. Um, and the next step for us then is to sit down with the carriers and say, this is what we know, but tell us, how do you utilize these? Um, and, and, and do it on a carrier by carrier basis, because as you said, it may be different from uh, one carrier to the next as to how they utilize their services. So 
um, you know, as we start parsing these pictures uh, pieces down, not only do we talk with those whom we regulate, but there's some others that we want to make sure we understand how their input is in, into the marketplace, and, and then and then how, of course, how that directly affects uh, our Nevada consumers. Excellent. Let's um, let's wrap the conversation up talking about new tech. I mean, we've got an era where um, this device on your wrist can tell you just about everything off of your body and it's being used for um, rehab on work comp injuries. It's being used for detection of slip, trip and falls. It's being used for all kinds of really cool things. We've got an, 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 uh, a world in which we can get real-time telemetry off of every vehicle that's being insured. We have a world in which we can get real-time data on every property that's insured and even have remote control of really important things like water main shut off in case there's a leak and you can have use AI to detect leaks. I mean, there's, there's a lot going on in tech and you saw that at InsureTech Connect. On top of that, there's companies trying to, to change insurance. So you have, you know, parametric insurance and pay by use and you, I mean, there's a lot going on in the space. What do you, th- what are you most excited about? Let's keep it in the positive realm. What do you, what do you, as as the, the the chief regulator for you know an incredible state? What are you most excited about when you look at all the innovation going on in technology and insurance? Man, I, I, I well, uh, selfishly, I you know the the number of tools that are being developed uh, for regulators. <clears throat> you know, it, it, you know, we used to do everything on uh, with you know spreadsheets and and uh, you know six column green paper, accounting paper. Um, but the, 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 the tools, for instance, our, uh, our, uh, examiners and analysts use a team, a program called teammate. Um, and we're phasing out of teammate. Some States have already uh, started using a program called teammate plus, which is teammate on steroids. It is a phenomenal tool, uh, that will help our folks do their jobs faster, smoother, smarter, uh, more efficiently, and, and highlight those challenges within those com- companies uh, that we're tasked with making sure we oversee um, that much easier for us. Um, so there's, is, there's, there's tools like that. And then, they, and then the education piece of this and learning how to uh, 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 deal with those things. I, I think that's one of the big challenges for us in uh, a small state like Nevada, especially in a place like Carson City, where it's not the easiest place to recruit uh, great uh, regulatory talent, um, so that's that's uh, one of the real challenges. You, James, you mentioned at the top uh, education, and uh, I want to give a, a bit of a plug to the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, has uh, uh, just started a. Uh, a, a center for Insurance and Risk Management at the uh, business school there, at the Lee Business School. And uh, on top of that, they're planning on uh, rolling out uh, very soon a, a full four-year major uh, program in insurance and risk management, uh, which we are tremendously excited for here on the, in, in the, on the West Coast. Um, you know, uh, we have the opportunity to, to, to interact and, and spend a lot of time with the uh, school and the program and uh, thrilled that uh, in talking to some of the professors and spending some time with some of these great students that, my gosh, our industry isn't going to be in great hands with these young leaders that are coming out 
but uh, they're the ones that are going to embrace this technology and embrace these tools uh, and get us old, uh, uh, old dogs uh, learning those new tricks. Absolutely. I agree with that. Rob, any closing comments? No, just really appreciate you coming on, Scott. Uh, as James mentioned at the top, you know, this is a perspective in 120-odd episodes we, we haven't really gotten on the Intro Tech Geek podcast. So it's just a pleasure to be able to, to talk with you, to gain from your perspective, and I know our audience will really benefit. Um, uh, just quickly, you know, if, if folks wanted to reach out to you, if they had more questions, what's the best way they can find you? Well, they could find us on our website, which is uh, doi.nv.gov. Um, so all of our email addresses are on there. You can reach me at ICOMISH, I-C-O-M-M-I-S-H, at doi.nv.gov. Um, uh, it, we'd love to uh, hear from uh, folks, uh, you know, the questions that they might have or uh, uh, ideas that they might want to share with us. Um, you know, we're, we're, we try to be a lifelong learners here and and uh, certainly the talk about technology and, and the need to keep up. Uh, we'll, we'll take all the tools that we can use. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, uh, Scott Kipper. He's the insurance commish at uh, the state of Nevada <laughs> up there in Carson City. And uh, uh, really an honor to have you on. Appreciate it. And thank you for uh, for your love that you feel for my home state of Louisiana. I'm, a, I'm in Texas now. I'm a Texan now. But, you know, you're not born and raised in Louisiana. I'm always Louisianian, right? I'm, I'm always a Louisianian. So I uh, there you go. Su- super appreciate your love for my state and appreciate uh, your service serving the citizens of Nevada and uh, their interests uh, and and obviously providing for a well-functioning, well-regulated insurance industry. So uh, thanks for your time today. Thanks for being on the Geek podcast. James, Rob, I, I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in today to Geek Out for our interview with Scott Kipper from the Nevada Division of Insurance. We will see you at the next show. This has been the InsureTech Geek Podcast, powered by JB Knowledge, jbknowledge.com. The InsureTech Geek Podcast is all about technology that's transforming and disrupting the insurance world. I've been your host, James Benham, that's jamesbenham.com, with co-host Rob Galbraith at endofinsurance.com. Thank you for joining us today. Look forward to meeting up again. We're taking you on a journey through InsureTech, so enjoy the ride and geek out.